Hi, my name is Matt Roy. And I'm Kim Pilgrim. You're listening to the Root and STEM podcast, a podcast exploring issues and stories in STEAM education. In this episode, we explore the impact unique learning experiences can have on remote and underserved communities in Canada based on our own experiences. My name is Matthew Roy. I'm a uh, outreach instructor for Actua. I am currently training to be an industrial arts technology educator. So basically, I'm going to teach STEM in schools. My name is Kim Pilgrim. I'm from the Inuit region in the north of Labrador called Nunatsiavut. And I was an outreach instructor, but I was also an in-STEM land camp instructor. I just graduated uh, right before I started the job. I was doing... Inuit studies at Nunavut Sibuniksavut, which is through Algonquin in Ottawa. And now I'm still in Ottawa, uh, going to Carleton. Actua, it's an organization that works with a lot of different community partners and universities and organizations across Canada to bring science, technology, engineering, and math um, opportunities to youth. So they particularly focus on marginalized groups and people who might not have um, the same accessibility to STEM um, where they're from. So I was lucky enough to be able to go to Kimmer Nunavut to start off the summer. And then I went back and forth between Ontario and Alberta a lot. So I got to go to like Fort McMurray, Fort Mackay, Cold Lake, uh, Dokeese First Nation and Akwesasne uh, First Nation. So that was really awesome. Yeah. So for, for me, I was very similar experience to Kim in terms of like locations. The The main goal for us is like I was outreach. So their goal is hardest to reach communities. That's where we want to go to help. The STEM or STEAM experience for kids when they come to an ACTUA camp is centered around like having fun and learning at the same time. A little bit more like summer camp feeling than a normal school experience. Usually what we try to encourage is like taking risks and thinking outside of the box and like, it's okay to make mistakes and then learn from it. And then encouraging that engineering kind of strategy where it's what's our problem, what's our solution, how do we work to build off that solution and improve it after we've tried it once and then follow that same loop. Hopefully if we can bring some elders in or someone in the community, they'll meet some people they know rather than just us. They'll meet someone who's actually either an engineer or a scientist or even some of the examples I used were hunters. Hunters are some of the best engineers they had in their communities. It was really focused on getting them someone they can be in contact with in their community. When I was growing up in like school and when people used to come into my community um, when I was living in like Northern Labrador, I found that like it felt kind of detached at times. So I was thankful to be in uh, the position that I was in to be able to like relate it more. Like having the most safe and inclusive environment starts with seeing people um, doing those presentations and doing that work, like seeing yourself in them. So Whenever uh, I was able to connect that, like I was an Indigenous woman with like little girls who were learning because we worked only in Indigenous communities, being able to connect that, I think that was a big thing with making it safe and inclusive. I think the number one thing with a safe and inclusive environment is having the students be able to see themselves and feel comfortable enough with their instructors to be able to talk to them and relate with them and learn from them. These kids can approach it from any angle, any experience, and then they can kind of work off the knowledge that they have to start exploring these topics so that they can see themselves in the actual experience and have that like 
I call it the light bulb moment when they're working through something and they go, oh, this makes so much sense. I love it. Alongside that, we also tried to work with some things like we'd have snack time scheduled in. So it's like, oh, everybody, we've been putting a bunch of work in on like running around with these robots. Now we're going to go have some granola bars and I'll go play at the park for like 10 minutes. So those kinds of things give the kids some space to get out some energy, have some fun and uh, make them always feel welcome. First day we land in a community, we find our community contact, which is usually someone we know in the community. They help us set up the camp space. And then our first question is, who can we bring in throughout the week to come talk to the campers? Or like, who can I talk to just to get to know this community better? Like for example, in Uluhuttuk, we stayed with an elder. So we got to do a lot of just, what is the school like here? What is what is like your day camp kind of look like here? And she would give us a lot of really, really good perspective on how to adapt to what we need to, as well as bring in any perspectives that are really good connections. Like some communities have a really big health center. Some of them like Charters, for example, in Cambridge Bay is a hierarchic research center. So that was a big connection for us is, oh, your dad works here, your aunt works here. We're going to bring them in so they can talk to us all. And that's where they see the connection for like, oh, that could be me someday. I think it's really important for Actua to be focusing on like keeping those connections with the community super strong and um, like keeping up that contact because I know when I was in my community, um, it felt kind of disconnected when like groups would come in and just kind of like do their thing for their own benefit and not really for ours, which is something I kind of struggled with uh, this summer with ensuring that the community's did feel connected to Actua and did feel like we were doing our part with um, getting them involved and integrated. It's really beneficial for us to reach out to the community members, reach out to mentors, um, people who work in like health centers and um, like different researchers and people around. I think it's super beneficial for the students to see themselves in those positions and see us um, in that light, in that like they could do what we do or they could do what the others they see around them do. Um, and a way I like to do that is try to relate it back to when I was their age. So like talk about my experience, my experiences that I had and like how I knew that like this was the kind of work I wanted to do and like, like keep it casual with them. And it's easier with like the land camp too, to make those like deeper connections because you're with them all the time, you know? So I think a big thing is getting that like personal experience and have them know that you're like a real person, you know, and that any kind of goals they might have are usable, even if they do live in smaller communities. The activities we are given, while they do try to incorporate Indigenous point of views and stuff like that, it's not always the most in-depth explanation of like Indigenous point of views. So that's where I find we rely heavily on the community itself for like the mentors and the elders and the uh, different people working in the community to share their side of the story and also like as an indigenous person i was able to provide some of that knowledge and provide those connections which in some circumstances i could tell the kids really appreciated um because it like goes back to connecting to the community land camp has a more of like a step up in this way is that it's so integrated with the land because we're like actually living on the land for it and going fishing and talking about hunting and talking about like biology and like seeing firsthand um, over a longer span. So it was definitely a lot easier to show the strength of Indigenous knowledge and show like just how valuable it is and how much of STEM it is. Um, was it was def definitely a lot easier in land camp for me. Outreach, I think, can definitely 
benefit a lot from those community connections. And that's why I also emphasize why like the community connections and keeping them lasting are so important. At the end of the day, the goal should be like showing um, why like STEM, even Western STEM and indigenous knowledge do have overlaps and why indigenous knowledge and science and everything is just as important as the Western science. I think there's a lot of work that we can do with the community contact in terms of like finding that connection. So if we know someone in the community that's like, oh yeah, they work on our ice roads in the winter, we can bring them in, we can discuss it with them. Or we did other things like with storytellers, we would bring in a lot of storytellers and they would try and kind of elaborate. We did a claymation one where it's stop motion. And that would be, oh, what are the three parts of a story, beginning, middle and end? What's the lesson you can learn from this? And that's where that like the cultural connection can really come in because like even examples of like not jumping on ice sheets or, or things like that. There's a lot of really valuable lessons we can learn from elders and kind of try and work that into our programming. I think one of the most inspiring stories is when I was talking to that elder in Uluhaktak because she had worked directly with the schools for a really long period of time being like a, an ambassador. So she had done a lot of the translations originally. So what we tried to do in that camp space was bring in translated languages and label all of our activities so they can kind of pick up on some of the traditional words like polar bear, nanook, and the like sled, kamatik, and things like that. But then there's also the further connection with the kids where this elder comes in, they all sit around the, the elder and they just talk to them for like an hour. And then it would be the elder saying, you know, like we have some really important lakes around here. And each lake around us has a story behind it. Like one was named after Mitten because one of their friends lost a Mitten there. And it was like the, hearing about the different names and all of the practices around naming and the conventions, it's really valuable for the kids to actually know the history behind it. And then they kind of all like, oh, I really want to like be around this area now. And then they, the elder drew the beautiful connection to environmental conservation and how that's becoming a huge industry in STEM and how these kids can all see like, even though you're a six-year-old, it's possible and there's like a really big opportunity for you there so just like maybe down the road set your horizons there you know i think that was really inspiring the elders and the mentors we were fortunate to have come in they were like the highlights of our camp for sure um it definitely like helped with building those connections and helped with um, making our content relevant i really liked my first week of camp in kimirut because i'm inuk so it was nice to be in an in inuit community and kind of have that thing in common with them um, and we were fortunate enough to be able to have an elder come in and she was unilingual in a speaker so it was amazing to see how she captured the students attention um, with her stories and she basically talked about how it was for her growing up and like the changes she noticed and different things that she went through and different places she got to travel and like some of the meaning um, behind those places and the meanings um, behind different things in the community and why it's important to like preserve it. Um, so like preserve the environment and also preserve language and culture. Um, I think that's really important lessons for the students. So I'm glad we were able to integrate that. And I was able to learn from her as well. Being a student really helped me um, to be able to connect with the youth. Since I'm still like learning and I'm still in classroom settings, I know like what can come off as really boring or can come off as like difficult to understand. So having that like immediate, like knowing what I like, so being able to like make it interesting for the youth, um, I think that was to my benefit. 
also like in land camp it was teenagers um and i'm not that far off a teenager like i'm 23 so i can still remember what it was like going to my own land camp um i went to a land camp when i was like 14 or 15 and the things i learned there really stuck with me so i think being able to like see what they were doing and like being able to think about how like i did similar things and thinking about the mentors i had back then and trying to also be a positive role model in one of my land camps um in the one that was in doki's first nation we started off with like a camp that nobody really knew each other uh usually going into camps the students we'll know each other and we'll have that connection of like, oh yeah, these are my friends. Or like, these are the people I don't really get along with. These are the people in my class. Like, it's just like, these are my cousins. These are my family members. But with the camp in Dokis, the students, they didn't know each other. I think there was a couple students that might've known of each other, but they were very um, distant. And being able to see like them when they were putting groups to work on assignments like seeing them share their knowledge and share the things they know and really grow as students and as people like as youth um and make super awesome friendships and really like come out of their shell just interpersonally so like making friends or getting super into the activities the vibes of that camp of everybody opening up and at the end of it everyone being like super close and getting emotional like having to say goodbye and like interchanging um like social medias and things like that i think it was super heartwarming to see that like all that can happen at a science camp <laughs> like seeing the different connections they made to their mentors and to uh the camp the other instructors at the camp i think was super heartwarming For more about STEAM stories and education, check out The Root and STEM magazine at pinwa.com or more episodes of The Root and STEM podcast available to download at your streaming platform of choice, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google.